Good morning, Every Nation Ramsach. Thank you for joining us this morning if you're visiting. If you're part of our family, thank you for coming as well. We're really looking forward to joining together this morning through the Word. It has been a crazy, crazy week. And so we have decided to continue with our series, Mastering Your Monday, because our Mondays certainly do need mastering. Today, I have the opportunity of talking through Mastering Your Monday, Living from Eternity. So when I was young, I used to go to Sunday school, what we call children's ministry now. And the Sunday experience was divided into three or four components. The one was playing, the second was like a Bible story, the third was singing and praying, and the last would be like interactive time. And so at, at the end of the singing and the praying part of the component, the Sunday school teacher would be sad, but then she would say, don't worry, we are going to sing and pray forever when we get to heaven. In heaven, we don't ever have to stop singing and praying. And look, I really enjoy singing, I enjoy praying, but I don't know about singing and praying forever into eternity. And I thought to myself, is that what's happening in heaven? I don't know if you've had this question before, like this is what's happening in heaven. We're singing all day long. We're never going to stop. So what if there is more to that story than we realize? What if there's more to the story of eternity than what we've been told? The God who promised us good things here on earth, a life of abundance, seemed to think that there's something better waiting or there's something better to be expected about heaven and earth or what we're going to be talking about as the new creation. What was worth God giving up everything for to usher us into this new perspective? What could that something else be? I recently read an article in a theology journal. It was written around May 2020 when COVID was making its way around the globe. This article was entitled Death, Fear, and the Promise of Eternity. And in this article, the, the author makes this claim that God intends for us to know peace and joyful expectation at the thought of joining him in eternity. God intends for us to know peace and joyful expectation at the thought of joining him in eternity. So basically what he's saying is that the thought of having, the thought of death should bring this joyful expectation. The prospect of dying should make us really excited to see Jesus. And I know you've probably heard something like this before. Why is it that when we hear that it sounds morbid, it sounds dreary, it's not something that we're looking forward to? Generally, we, I've observed in my own life and in the lives of people around us that we have an incorrect or an incomplete picture of God's ultimate plan. And therefore, we are in no rush to get there. So when you think about eternity, there's this theory about paradise, there's this theory about the afterlife, but nobody's in a rush to get there. And so it begs the question, what is it about that place that God thinks is so wonderful? What is it about this idea that God thinks is the best thing that could ever happen to us? And yet we are like, mm -mm. I don't want to go there, you know? Um, and maybe it's that picture of like white robes and we're playing the harp with David and the streets of gold and we're singing all day. I don't know what pictures you have. I'm just sharing the pictures that I was introduced to. And we're trying to figure out, okay, what is it that God invited us into? What is it that God is talking about throughout the scriptures? And we need to explore this today because I don't know about you, but many people have been asking me, where is God? What's going on? How do we make sense of the season. And so this season does require us to go deep. It does require us to ask these questions because death is all around us. And so we can't ignore the fact that we actually have a theology that speaks to us about this. So what are we missing? 
what is it that we don't fully comprehend about the promise that Jesus made? In John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him might not perish, but will have everlasting life. What is that everlasting life? Whatever idea we have about heaven, eternity, God's ultimate plan will inform how and why we live. It will also inform whether or not we have peace about death because our faith is actually centered around the resurrection of the one who defeated death and resurrected. So over the series, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about Jesus and the tough time he experienced on earth. The series has been about how Jesus lived his worst day so that we wouldn't have to. I want to talk about how Jesus was able to live from eternity every single day of his life on earth. How eternity empowered Jesus to live his worst day and invite us as we live our worst days. Father God, thank you for this time, Lord God. Thank you for you, Jesus, who is the word that became flesh. Father, that you came and you dwelled with us, you lived among us, you became us. And so, Father, I pray for everybody listening, everybody watching, and I even pray for myself. God, I pray for the reality of who you are, the reality of what you promised. Father, I pray that all of that would manifest in our lives right now. God, I pray that may heaven come on earth as it is in heaven, that this day would be given to us as our daily bread, and that you would forgive us all of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Thank you, Lord God, for who you are. In Jesus' name, speak to us this morning. Amen. So the passage that we'll be focusing on today is in Revelations 21. And we're going to read from Revelations because Revelation speaks of the end. And this is what we're talking about today. So if you don't mind, I'm going to read from my physical Bible. So Revelations 21 from 1 to 7. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. To the one who conquers, I will give this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Thank you, Lord God, for the reading of your word. So I'm going to come back to the scripture. I wanted to start at the end, go back to the beginning, and then we'll come back to the end. So for us to understand what's happening here at the end, this new heaven, new earth, what is the scripture talking about? We have to go back to the beginning. So we need to remind ourselves of the Christian story. So God created a world a place for him to tell his story. He created a people and invited them into the story and he gave these people's tools to write the story with him. So humans find themselves in God's story, but they're not just in the story, they're writing the story with God. They're co-authoring, they're collaborating, they're creating while enjoying family and love with God. 
Along the way, the humans decide to take over the story and turn it into their own story. They basically exclude God from his story. From that moment, they decide to exclude themselves from God's story. They start building a story that involves chaos, that involves suffering, that involves evil, that involves everything that human beings can do that can make things go wrong. And we don't have to look far to see how human beings can make things go wrong. But the good news is, from the moment that human beings decided to exit God's story, from that very moment, God began a pursuit to get them back into his story. So what God did as human beings decided to write him out of their story is he started pursuing them to bring them back into his story. And God is still doing this to this day. So what God is doing and what God started doing from that day is to build bridges, bridges to reunite us to the story of God, to reunite humans that went on a tangent, that started writing a tangent story and bring them back into his story. God was trying to re-enter into his own story. Imagine God who wrote a story, wrote it with people, being excluded from his story, now trying to get back into his story. That actually is the Christian story. And God throughout the Bible trying to redeem the story, make it right again, bring his people back, the same people that hijacked the story and created another narrative. So Jesus is the ultimate bridge into God's story. Jesus is the ultimate plan to bring human beings, to bring creation back to the story, the story of goodness, the story of life, the story of purpose, God's story. Jesus is the person who reconciles God and man again, who reconciles man back to God and setting God's story back. So let's go back to the scripture. So that's the beginning and what happened along the way. And now we're here at the end again. So we're at Revelations 21, and I just want to read 3 to 5 again. It says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. Now, if you look at this, it's not a new thing. The dwelling place of God was with man at the beginning. That garden was a dwelling place that God created for man and God to coexist, to collaborate, to co-create, to author the story, to love, to be in family, to be in communion and fellowship. And so here at the end, you see God saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. So he is redeeming that story. He is making it right again. And here at the end, God is saying, it is done. Continue reading. It says, and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. The story will be made right again. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I am making all things new. This scripture is not a new plan. It's God's original story being reformed. It's God finally making things right. Have you ever been invited to a party? Um, I don't know if you've been celebrated by your friends before. You're invited to a party. Maybe they tell you that it's your party. But somehow as you're sitting there at that party, the attention is all on somebody else. Or have you ever had a friend in your circle, you know that this friend, when they enter the party or when you're having games night or when you go out for a, some time at a restaurant, they always take the attention off from everyone and puts it on themselves. Whether you've experienced this or not, I'm sure you can relate to it. Maybe you've seen it on TV, but this is what human beings did to God's story. It's almost like we took the story and we made it about ourselves. And as we made it about ourselves, all this brokenness, all of this a devastation came into the world. 
And then after that, we brought the story back to God and told him that it's broken and that it's his fault. <laughs> That's what human beings did to God's story. But there is good news. Of course, there's good news. It doesn't end there. But what does this mean for us and what do we do? What if I told you that God's plan for eternity is so different to how we view eternity? What if I told you that God is not trying to get us out of here and into heaven, but rather that God has a plan that involves a new creation, that God has a plan for us right here, right now, where we are. So we're going to do three things this morning. Number one, we're going to bridge the gap between the current creation and the new creation that God is building. Secondly, we're going to find out what it would mean for us to believe in this new creation. And lastly, we're going to find out and journey together about how we build this new creation. So let me build a bridge for us and take us from a popular Christian culture to a fundamentally, fundamentally biblical view. So moving us from some of the acceptable teachings that we've come to accept, come to believe and move us to actually what God has said, what God has promised, what God has taught us. So if we go to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14 to 18, it reads like this. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day to day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The scripture is reminding me of that moment where Elijah is surrounded by this army. And the Lord comes to him and says, don't focus on what you can see. Focus on what you can't see. For the ones that you see are so much less than the ones that you can't see, as in the armies of the living God are so much more, so much more powerful than what you can see. And so in this, God is inviting us into a different perspective. God is inviting us into a different reality to see things differently, but not just see them differently, but believe in the way that he's opened up possibilities to us through eternity. So our idea of heaven is probably, oh, we're going to go someplace after death and it's going to be good, right? We're going to see everybody who we once lived with. We're going to be in a place uh, that, have, that God has created somewhere far away. The biblical view of, of, of heaven is this, is that heaven is not just a place. Heaven is the place of God's dwelling. So any place where God dwells, any place where God's presence is, any place where God is, that place of dominion, that place of God's rule, that place of God's unlimited authority, that is heaven. That is the picture of, of, of God's dwelling, God's housing place, God's resting place. And so what we see is Jesus coming in to the story and bringing heaven to earth. What we see is Jesus ushering the rule and the kingdom of God into earth when he comes. And so that doesn't align with the story of us going somewhere one day. It's a completely different picture. Even when he prays, he says, let heaven come on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is heaven entering earth's story. Therefore, when we read this passage in Revelations 21, God is talking about a new heaven and a new earth right here. He is talking about this holy city coming down. He is talking about God's resting place being here on earth. 
Now, this has implications for how we live. If God is coming to rest here on earth, if God is coming to recreate the earth to represent, to better show heaven, to better look like his dwelling place, not the way that it looks now, then this has implications. Do I believe that Jesus is better than what I have right now? Do I believe that what Jesus is promising, what Jesus is trying to build, what Jesus is inviting us into is better than what we have now? Because if we don't believe that, of course, we're going to complain that Jesus is denying us of stuff, that we feel like earth might be the best place that there is and there could be nothing better. And that's why we make these criticisms of God and these accusations is because we really believe that when we leave this place, that we're not going somewhere better. We really believe that this is the best that it can be. But the truth is that an eternity with Jesus is better than anything happening right now on earth. A glorious picture of eternity gives us perspective and hope to our current situation. It's a better reality. And if we hope in this reality, hope does a work in us. Because what happens when we hope, what happens when we, when we believe, what happens when we allow this reality to permeate our hearts is that eternity gets built up on the inside of us. It's that we start having heaven built up inside of us. We no longer having earth determine who we are. We remember who we are because remember, we were from there. We're from where God is. We are from eternity. So we get eternity building us up on the inside. We become a people of God from the inside and that manifests how we live. Hope in eternity, hope in the new creation does a work in us. So I'm inviting you to dream with God. Worship God. Join in the sound, song of heaven. Join in the sound of heaven and taste and see that the Lord is good. This will require us to unplug from our current perspective and plug into God so that he might usher in his perspective through us, so that he might commune with us and show us things that we could not imagine. The dimension that God is inviting us into is completely different to this one. And so we have to plug out of this one to partner with that one. We have to plug out of this one and not be consumed by this one in order that we can be open to the opportunities that exist in God. So we move on to the second point, which is believe in the new creation. If this is true, then we need to believe it. If this is true, then it's part of our faith for us to incorporate it into our belief, into our everyday. In 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our, God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In the NLT, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. We live with great expectation because Jesus was resurrected. And that great expectation is that we will all be resurrected. And this is not just resurrected from the dead, but we will be resurrected into Christ, i.e. we will live the lives that we would have lived had there been no, had, had there been no sin. Had there had never been sin, those are the kinds of lives we're going to live. Now, imagine that. I invited us to dream with God in the beginning. Imagine living a world where there's no sin, where there's no brokenness, where there's no offense. That is what it means for when God says he's inviting us to be resurrected with Christ, is that there is a world that is going to exist. There is a world that is coming. There is a world that we can believe in where there's no brokenness and no suffering, but we're doing it again with Jesus. His story 
made right again. His story without us taking it over. His story without our detours. God's story made perfect. Believe that the new creation is coming. Jesus entered into our story and he ushered in new realities. When he came, he ushered in new realities. All of a sudden, there are things happening that people only thought were going to happen later once they died. But here they were happening on earth while Jesus was present. It happened while people could see all of these mysteries happening. He made a way for us to be eternally reunited with God. He merged our story with God's story. So now we are not waiting for eternity. We are participating. We're building with Jesus. 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 is an invitation for us to build a new creation with Jesus. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as if one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve, to faithfully administer God's presence. Faith, faithfully administer God's presence. If you look at this, God is starting the story again. Remember in the beginning, we had this picture of God allowing us to co-author his story, allowing us to write the story with him, allowing us to co-labor, to participate, to be family, to be loved. And here is Jesus doing the same thing again. He's saying, let's do it again. Let's co-author. And God is saying, you administer the grace. God is saying, you use your gift and participate. God is saying, you do what I did and bring heaven on earth. Now, if you are not allowing yourself to participate in the realities of heaven there is no possible way that you can bring it on earth if we're so consumed by earthly agenda if we're so consumed by what's happening around us there is no way that we can bring forth a new reality we have to be consumed by what god is doing we have to be consumed by a reality that we cannot see we have to be consumed by the unseen we pray we innovate we co-author we bring practical solutions that represents God's rule on earth. In the beginning, God invited Adam and earth to rule with him, to have dominion. And this is the invitation still today. He's saying, come and create with me. That picture in Revelation 21 is the new heaven and a new earth coming down and God's dwelling place comes and it's here among us. And we get to build that with God. We don't have to wait. We get right now to participate in the rule of God to participate in the unseen, to participate in God's agenda here on the earth. And so what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? It means that death is no longer permanent, but it also means that the eternal reality of the new creation is better than what's happening right now. It means that we get to live with God. We are going to live the story that God created us for. We're going to live the story that God wrote and wrote with us and it's going to be perfect there is nothing here on earth that can be better than that there is nothing in our daily experiences that can compare to that but that doesn't mean we wait for death what it means is we pull that reality down with through our relationship with god through our fellowship with each other through our faith through our worship through our prayers we are pulling down the reality of heaven into earth just as jesus broke into the earth and pulled in all the realities of eternity and he brought them here. So here we are 
living in destruction, living in devastation, living in pain, but with a hope. With a hope in a new creation that God is building. With a hope that we can believe in knowing that the resurrection of all people will mean that we get to do the story again with Christ. We get to do the story again with the people we love. We get to live God's story as he had intended, with no brokenness, with no evil, with no suffering. And in the meantime, we build, we bring heaven on earth. And so I know that we've experienced pain. I know that we're experiencing pain and experiencing suffering. Even as I speak this word, I'm speaking it from a place of having spoken it to myself daily. I have to be reminded of the unseen because the scene is overwhelmingly devastating. If I focus on the news, if I focus on what's happening, my spirit becomes downcast. And so I have to allow the Lord to bring me into a different reality through my prayers, through my worship. And once that happens, once God has shown me the kingdom reality, the heavenly perspective, from that place I come and engage the earth. From that place I come and bring heaven's perspective. From that place I bring my gift, like First Peter says, and I administer God's grace. I administer God's peace. I bring in the realities of heaven to a broken world. And then God says, do not stop doing this until I come again. Do not stop doing this until I come again. For he said he's coming for a perfect bride. And the perfect bride is the bride that is writing his story with him. Not the bride that has written God out of his, their story. Let's not write God out of the story. Can we learn from the Bible? Can we learn from everything that has happened throughout the ages? Let's not write God out of his own story. He's invited us to co-author with him. Let's continue building a new creation with Jesus. Will you say yes to that today? Will you come out of agreement with being in love with the current world, the current broken world, and tether yourself to a world that God is creating, tether yourself to a reality that God is inviting us into? Now, this is the Christian story. This is what Jesus is doing. And this is good news that we can proclaim to other people. This is worth telling people about because it renews us on the inside and it allows us to transform the world on the outside. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us, Lord God. Help us in this time. Help us in this season. Help us, Lord God. We are not ashamed to cry out to you for help, to say, Lord, we need you. Lord, we're confused. Lord, we've had enough. But God, I just thank you for your reality. Father, I thank you for your perspective that breaks into our story. Father, I thank you that you are the word that became flesh, that came to live among us, that came to live with us, that came to be us, and that conquered for us. And so, Father, even now I speak that, the reality of the word that became flesh, may it permeate every situation. Father God, I pray for victory over mindsets, Lord God, that are becoming hopeless. Father, I speak victory over just yeah, despair. Father, I speak provision, Lord God. I pray that you help us be your hands and feet in the situation. Pull us up to your perspective, Lord God, so that we can operate from heaven. God, may we live from eternity as Jesus did. In Christ's holy name, amen.